0: the Construction Big Breakfast, where we give you a hearty serving of insider tips and business strategies to help fuel your day so you can thrive in the construction industry. Now, here's your host, Brendan Morahan. Right, good morning. Uh, Welcome to the next uh, episode of Construction Big Breakfast. Delighted this morning that we've got Ellen Gunning from the PR Academy. Really pleased you're able to join us. Delighted to be here. And we've got our own in-house... Communications consultant Sarah Holt, So uh, really delighted you're this side of the camera Thanks, today. I'm we need too. to get you this side more <laughs> often. Maybe I'll go the or other are side. We <laughs> so welcome, Ellen. As you. as we said, it's a construction big breakfast. I had a very nice breakfast this morning that I haven't had for a long time. kedgery, with a nice poached egg on top with a lovely, lovely deep orange yolk. It was gorgeous. Just Did the right time you buy that or
1: make it for yourself?
0: Now you can okay. look you can I <laughs> <you gotta>, <laughs> <gotta laughs> the sort my own <laughs> <laughs> No, we had a client meeting this morning, and it was first class. It was an exceptional and a restaurant. I haven't been to for a long time, so that was great. But more importantly, Helen, what did you get?
1: I had my usual breakfast. Now um, I'm spoiled rotten. So my husband makes me porridge every morning. He makes it the night before. Fla-haven? And he uh, absolutely. <laughs> and he leaves me a note saying either. There is fruit in it, or there's fruit in the fridge to go with it. And the only thing I can't get him to do is to get up in the morning and squeeze my oranges. Joking?
0: how does it sound? The oranges, no, <laughs> I have to squeeze my own oranges every morning. <laughs> and it's tragic. So I had
2: orange juice and porridge as always. Very healthy. healthy. And I'm you, very Sarah? Very healthy. Um, this morning actually I actually had a banana and an orange, so it was a little bit light. Um, and I'll have to have a bigger lunch to make up for it. All right. <laughs> <It's> healthy though. <laughs> healthy, but not not so carb heavy. <laughs>
0: Well, look, I think the focus of today is on PR and social media. Now, you're the experts, at, and I've been an apprentice at it for, for many years. But what has always struck me in the industry is that we do some great things, but we're not very good about talking about it. And we think that business development and everything that goes with that is a necessary evil, and so other people do. But I suspect that you've both got some very strong views as to the role of PR, social media, business development. And what's your take on that?
1: I don't think any business can survive without public relations. I think public relations at its most basic is communication. And if you're not communicating with your employees or your customers or your suppliers, you're going to go out of business. So and with the same message? What no, do you tell them? No, but you're, but you're communicating. So, you, yeah. so you're not in a vacuum. You're not in a void. Okay? I think the message that everybody gets is the same overall message, but they all need to be targeted differently because what your suppliers need to know is completely different to what your employees need to know or for that matter what your customers need to know but they all need to know broadly that you're a good ethical business that you're long established that you have a, a good attitude towards the environment whatever the key things that override it everybody needs to know but we're all if you think about the environment we live in we're all drowning in information I mean, we keep hearing about data is king it is but my god it's and we just we cannot cope with the amount of information we've got. So really the only way you're going to target anybody is bow and arrow. It's not spiritual. Yeah. So only tell people the things that are of interest to them because that's all I'll read or watch or listen to.
0: And because you know, I suppose from a social mm-hmm. media point of view taking that point. You're more getting yeah, you know, yeah, 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 out to as many as possible, broader I
2: mean, audience. And so, one of my favorite quotes is, "Success is led by the power of communication," and it truly is. So, with social media, I find that coming into the construction industry, because I've never been in it before, this moment, mm-hmm. um, I noticed that a lot of the construction industry don't use social media to the maximum that it could be. And so, what we've done, um, stepping into my role here at Invent, is really help to push those boundaries and increase our followers, increase you know our voice in the industry and by doing that we actually gain a lot of really good feedback, we getting a lot of people mm-hmm. who are jumping on board, they're actually communicating with us a lot more through social media and that helps with client relationships which is, is really beneficial and I think that more people in the industry need to really focus on that. So that but, And yet you see when you look at that
1: social media you're bow and arrowing each one. Yes absolutely. Because no, Twitter no, it's is target, yes. targeted to journalists, Facebook is targeted to, I don't know, is it customers or clients, mm-hmm. so even within yeah. that mix you're not giving everybody the same information. No, That's definitely what I mean by not. Sort of yes, hour.
0: but you, you can't survive without social media. You no, always can't these days. How important is it that that message is authentic as opposed to good spin?
2: So I think that you have to be authentic in your message. You can't just be um, kind of willy nilly really putting things out there if it's not your true brand and what you really want to represent yourself as a company out into the world. Um, and that's why I think that it's very important when you're trying to build rapport with other businesses that you need to actually make sure that your message is authentic. Um, and through that, it, you're able to really establish yourself as a voice for your company. Mm. Yeah. And the other really important thing is that if you're not authentic, the key warriors will it. call you out. Yeah, people see and, through it. They and they you'll get a lot of feedback to quickly. back through that.
1: And social media has yeah. actually. If you think about media, if you go back thirty years, how many people read a newspaper? So physically, they had to read the newspaper, mm-hmm. and then what do they do? They write to the editor, or they comment to you. Yeah. But now they sit yeah. and look at something you put out on social media and go, "Really? Yeah. Is that so, what you meant last week when you said? I thought you took a different position. So and you. And social really media have is that to be instant
2: media hit too, mm. because whatever you put out there, it's instantly seen by you know hundreds of thousands of people, depending on how big your your brand is, how well your voice is out there, and if you put something. Out there, you can get backlash from it right away. So I think it's really important to be, you know, true to yourself. And, and the other side with social media is that you actually you target the RSS feeds. You target
1: the I target the information that I want to receive. So yeah. if I'm getting information about you, I want to find out what Invent is doing, exactly or I want to find out what's happening in the construction industry. So I react much faster mm-hmm. if I feel that really you're not being true to what I thought you were being true. Right. And how do you get the
0: balance? Because if you're focusing on a particular feeds, you're getting a narrow view. On an, in, an industry or sector or a business, and you open that up to make no sure that you could get
1: the balance. You can't. <laughs> People decide what they want. It's like yeah. which newspaper do you read or which television yeah. programs do you watch? And um, there's a, a friend of mine who watches all the soaps. I never watch any soaps. No, yeah. So we end up having these conversations where I go, remind me again, who's she now? What I are mean. talking about? Street, <laughs> and she's been there for so long, and it's just it's a, a feed, if you like. That I would mm-hmm. never ever have access to And if I had access to it, I wouldn't choose to, to pay any attention to it. Right. I think that the people who choose what they're interested in, bow and arrow, they make the choice, not you. Mm. But once they've chosen it, you have a really good, live audience who want to hear what you want to say. It's much better than the spirit. And
0: how do you keep them engaged you got them, how do you keep them Content, yeah. right. engaging
2: yeah. content. But I have a point on that. So with um, the bow and arrow tactics on social media, another problem that arises a lot is the algorithms with social media. So if you're seeing, if you choose to see certain people companies that you're following, you'll see a lot more of them more often. And you might not see other pages or other companies. So it does really kind of put the blinders on for a lot of different... Um, people who are seeing your posts and your content and a way to kind of open that up a little bit more make sure that if you're one of the companies that they're not being seen because of the algorithm's not showing your posts to you know your target clients or your target leads you have to make sure that you're um, going in there and retargeting that content towards them so that you can actually use you know proper hashtags proper you know engagement tools to make sure that you're getting eyes on your posts and that's mm-hmm. something that's important to actually you know manipulate in some ways so that you can but then seeing it very scientific, <laughs> <It's not>. very, <laughs> very intriguing to a lot of yeah. people,
0: so maybe yeah. break that down a little bit more, how does one go about that? So
2: you go about that, so with um, with Facebook for example, with their algorithms, so in the construction industry Facebook isn't mainly our primary you know target group but um, with LinkedIn for example, uh, they use hashtags um, on LinkedIn and Twitter so with hashtags what you want to be doing is um, focusing in on you know industry specific things but not just your industry overall so if you're making a post and it's about you know an award ceremony or something that you're at you want to make sure that your going through the list of people so in order to grow your network i guess and a good summary of it is if you're at an award ceremony a really simple thing to do is take that that book with all the people that are at the award ceremony in it and tag those people so that they're going to start seeing your posts and then becoming engaged with that mm-hmm. so they'll start following you and following them back and that's a really simple networking tool that people can actually start applying to their business right now um, because people go to lots of networking events and the other thing that sarah mentioned was content Um, And what
1: I think a mistake an awful lot of companies make is that they assume that everything that they're interested in, everybody else is interested. And And we we all do it with our own business. I find this fascinating. And you watch people's eyes glaze (laughs) over it. go, maybe it's not that fascinating (laughs) to you. And part of it is finding, it's creating content. Content has become much more visual. And people don't read as much at all. It's becoming much more oral as well. Yeah. People listen to a lot of podcasts as they travel. We take in information much more on the fly. Mm-hmm. And visual information really is the king. But visual information has become shorter and sharper. So really, if you're going beyond, a colleague actually said to me recently that it's gone down to 30 to 40 seconds. I mm-hmm. still said around a minute, but yeah. it's getting shorter. So we'll be able to tell the history of the world in 30 to 40 seconds. Because yeah. uh, visually, you can. But it's about, that's about engaging people, too. It's like Nobody's going to look at a boring photograph. You won't look
2: at a boring clip. On a so what's the I difference I was going to ask at that?
0: The imagery? Mm-hmm. Professional or relaxed? So
2: I think a mixture of both is important. Both? Yeah, yeah, both. You want to have both, absolutely, because it shows that you know authenticity by showing an in the moment post, you that your company is doing at an event, and then it also shows that professionalism of having you know maybe some really good shots as well. Um, video wise, uh-huh. the point that you made about um, that first thirty to forty seconds, you will literally have people turn off a video mm. within seconds of watching it if there's not something engaging that catches them immediately. We so all That's a it. really good point, and I find myself doing it all the time. It's that you know fast information world that we live in. If you don't, if you're not interested, you go right on to the next thing. So, that's very important to and, and the other thing is don't do confuse it. casual photographs or not um,
1: formal, fo- informal photographs with not professionally taken photographs. The fact that they're taken by somebody, and it's on the fly, and this is what's happening now, Mm. they still have to be excellent quality. They they are It's on the fly footage, or it's on the fly photography, Mm. but it still reflects your company. Mm -hmm. So if it's shaky and wobbly, and it looks like somebody with (laughs) three pints too many taking, probably because they just didn't have something to stand it on, everybody would look at it and go, hmm. So I would have expected better, because we're very demanding. Yeah. We assume that everything is television
0: and film. Quiet. But that, doesn't that start to then break the authenticity? So you're, we're talking about an in-the-moment capture, but we're not taking it because we want to get a picture perfect. Why do you have a videographer for
1: working today? That's professional. Yeah. Right? But they're not interfering in any way with the conversation. Okay. Right. But it, it's saying that we we treat professionally the fact that we're doing a podcast, so we're doing the audio, we're doing the video professionally. But it doesn't change. It doesn't make it less authentic. It just says we're serious about what we right. right. And a
2: beautiful thing too is that with the iPhones even, iPhone quality of photos these days, you can actually take incredibly professional looking photos on the fly with your iPhone. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you don't necessarily have to hire a photographer and have a photographer come to the events. You can have somebody from the communications department um, or social media department just taking photos at events and making sure that they are a good shot and that, that works perfectly well. Well, bringing that yeah. back
0: into the construction sector, one of the big issues that I've always had is that we focus a little bit too much on the, the diggers and the cranes within construction, mm-hmm. which is important. But what we really exist for is what comes afterwards. We're creating something for others, for society. And therefore, getting visuals that captures what construction is all about, to my mind, is always very difficult. It's easy to take a picture of a telegram. It's less easy to make it relevant to the joy and the growth that brings to society thereafter mm-hmm. and draw that connection. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts sector? how we can get I our I actually myself
1: thinking that you're a bit like the charities. Uh, in the charity yeah. sector they will tell you that, that the photographs of children who are starving and emaciated and flies in their eyes actually cause people to give money. Once you start saying, thank you so much for giving us the money, we are now growing crops and the children are healthier, we, the donors, look at it and say, they're doing all right. We find yeah. somebody else who's dying and <laughs> do something with yeah. them. Construction to us is the diggers on the hard hats and somebody Creating something. It's the bricks going up. It's not actually the change in society. So you have a huge job if you're actually going to say What we do is much more than build which it is What we do is enhance the environment and the quality of life of people who work or live in the city or whatever But that's a much bigger story and that's I think that's something you need to actually structure very long term and just take it off over maybe a 10 year period but it needs an entire industry focus you and you've, got, you've got no
0: knowledge of that being done elsewhere in the world I'm not aware of it because of the challenge that but then I'm not in the construction no, sector so it, it may no, be no. happening
1: but I think that's your challenge it's yeah. to it has to be done at a, a, a global or an industry or a national level yeah. so that the conversation changes and people mm-hmm. start talking about the end result of rather than the starting phase. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So what's your experience new into the industry? Did you say Sarah, no? um,
2: New into the industry, actually, my first couple of weeks even working here, my opinion was, you know, construction towers and cranes, and those were kind of things that I was thinking, should I be posting these types of things? But it doesn't interest me, so I don't want to look at it. So, does anybody else want to look at it? So that's why I steered away from that um, entirely, because I think it's more about showing, you know, the teams that are behind the work, you know, showing the people in their... In their expertise and what they're able to do and the value that is so important that we need to actually showcase and shine that through so I think one of the great things about Invent is that we go to a lot of um, events and networking events those types of things and um, we're able to actually show a different side of the construction sector a side that celebrates people for you know their achievements Um, it's there's a lot more value that we can actually showcase aside from just you know, towers and cranes and hard hats and... So you know, that becomes more of the focus of social media yeah, and your media so a, a, Aside from um, women in construction, you know, you could show a picture of women in construction with hard hats on, right? Which I don't think is very interesting. Or you could highlight a women in construction industry event where there's a bunch of women celebrating. Nobody's wearing hard hats, but they're all architects and civil engineers. And, you know, that's a much better view, I think, of the construction sector. And you've got a that's more mm-hmm. and You've got a great opportunity to do
1: things like who is the odd person out, and you do, I don't know, six electricians, and one of them was a woman. Right, yeah. And somebody would pick the woman, and you say, why? And say because it's a woman. But no, try again, <laughs> because she's an architect or something. And the rest are electricians. Mm. You, you've, right. you've loads of time. Or what's the difference that the construction industry made to this group? And it could be a family, or it could be a business. Mm. And it's actually, it, it's getting that will get you the engagement, because people, it's almost like a quiz, can I get it right,
0: Well, yeah. it starts the conversation. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, what would you say is been the biggest PR challenge you faced, either for yourself uh, your own business or for your clients? Uh,
1: my biggest PR challenge is I handle crisis. I specialize in handling crisis, so every challenge is a, every crisis is a challenge, and it's, it's I regard it as great fun with the greatest respect to my clients, uh, because it, it actually means that I end up coming into the office and <sighs> hear the next one people <laughs> leaving. Uh, it's all hands on, and actually, it be, it comes down to. What do you do? How fast do you do it? What's the message? How quickly can you get it out? Um, Do I believe in myself, which is really important? Mm -hmm. I met, I'll give you just one example. I met a a client probably two years ago. A colleague had phoned me and said, uh, Friday evening, and he said, are you in Dublin? I said, I'm heading back to Dublin at the moment. He said, great, we're in the pub around the corner. I need you to meet a colleague of mine. Would you meet him? I'm like, I don't drink. I said, right, I hope they do go tea. So (laughs) I, I met him in the pub anyway. This man was extremely stressed. It took me about three hours to figure out what was happening. And by the time I was finished, I said, OK, I'll definitely handle it, but I need to get much more information. But I spent the entire time saying, go back and tell me what's this bit, what's that bit. And my, I rang my colleague afterwards and said, is he OK? Because he's he's supremely stressed. He should have somebody staying with him. And he said, yeah, i actually learned more from your questioning. And I've known him for the last five years. And I've mm. known the charity. I learned more from your questioning tonight than anything else. And yeah, he's going to be fine. And you obviously believe him, so I said, I definitely And it was there was a, a financial question. And I actually I finished the evening by honestly believing the man had never misspent a penny in his oh. life. But he was utterly incompetent when it came to money. He should it, It's like a, a, a parent, I have no children, but it's like a parent saying to me, I started with $100 in my pocket. And I, I didn't know what happened. It was school money, it yeah, was lunch yeah, money, it was yeah, something yeah. else. And I have nothing. And he did exactly the same with the charity. And I honestly believe I was very happy taking the job on, on the basis that he never um, misused any money. Mm. But I was also very conscious that he really had to come out with his hands up and say, I just yeah. turned up in me charity. I just, with the best will in the world, I just didn't have the skill set. Mm-hmm. the And the, the speed. Big, big success.
0: Mm, biggest success? Biggest uh, success.
1: Biggest success was probably a, a client crisis again, that I brought on to The Late Late Show, which is a yep. very popular yep. show in Ireland, uh, and I had uh, brought the client on. I, we'd done media training in the afternoon, it was back in Gay day. We'd done media training, and this was a lovely woman who said things like, oh, fiddly-dee, when she got really, really stressed. And she absolutely taught me curses that i never even heard of. I'm sure uh, Charming hadn't heard half the curses. So she was very, very stressed. We'd gone into the lake late, and I said, well, you need to do it, you have to do it. But when we, come out, when we finish it, I'll, I'll take you away as soon as it comes to break time. We'll sit into the car. You can put my number on your speed dial. You can go home, have a bottle of wine, do whatever you like. You're off duty. But when we were leaving, uh, as part of the story, Barn asked her a question and she stopped and the tears welled up and the quiver, and I like oh she's going to lose it, she's going to lose it completely and he came around and said no 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 I know it's very difficult and he put his arm around her and it recovered it beautifully and we came out of the lake later, we we're, were driving off and the phone was on speakerphone in the car and the phone rang and I knew it was a journalist I said to her do you mind if I take this and she said no problem. And I took oh I shouldn't and I took the call and he said, Gunning, I knew you were good, but how did you make the bitch cry? <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was absolute cynicism as far as he was concerned, I had said, if you cry you'll get more sympathy and from, there's no answer to it. And from yeah. my point of view, I was sitting there thinking, Don't lose it because you lose the audience, you, right. you lose your chance to put your story. Yeah. And I suppose it's one of the it's one of the more interesting ones because it's you're privy to information that you never ever devote. Mm. Um, and I suppose that's the exciting part as well, that you you know the full story right. and you also know so it's a slight diversion, but you also know how much of the story people are entitled to know because media yeah. believe they're entitled to know everything yeah. and nobody is. Yeah. Uh, you don't tell anybody everything.
0: But that's a good example where you've gone really deep and broad into a particular issue whereas from a social media point of view it's about snap and getting it out there really yes. quick. Yes, mm-hmm. it's the quote. So how do how do how do you in your view, Sarah, reconcile both.
2: Well, social media is all about that instant gratification hit, right? Yeah. So it's all about that dopamine. People are on social media because they want to have that you know, gratification of something that's entertaining or something that's captivating or engaging for them. So I think that um, between the negative side and the positive side, you just kind of have to brush off the the negative side. In social media, it's not so much about... Kind of like crisis control. I mean, because you're in control of what you're posting, anyways, right? So, I mean, mm. I don't necessarily have to kind of save a brand's image unless they maybe. Done I have to. Maybe. <laughs> maybe I mean, <laughs> never, never. Sure. Uh, but um, with you know, you're more just presenting yourself out to the world. So I think you know. It's, it's a little bit different in that respect that. I think the, I mean? the crisis with social media is
1: when, somebody, yeah. everything when something, everything gets divided into small bites. Yeah. And the small bite, if you take a, a small bite out of context, it can become something completely different. It can and I think with social media, it's how fast you react and say, yes, they said that, that but this is full quote. Or
0: yeah. this is the context. Mm-hmm. But both responses there are, as, as you know, Sarah, I'm, I really love the strategic approach to business.
2: Right, yes. What I
0: think I've heard there is that, that in both instances, they're somewhat reactive. Yes, it's,
2: it's reactive, yeah.
0: But is there a role for PR and social media mm-hmm. to underpin a strategic approach to business? And
1: oh, it does all course, the time. Yeah.
0: So Tell me more about how, how it does.
1: Every business has a crisis waiting to happen. So every business should have a fully-fledged crisis plan. Can I interrupt you there?
0: Mm-hmm. So if you read PR, you always go to, to crisis. Or can PR also always be on the positive?
1: Oh, the crisis isn't necessarily negative. If you come out okay. of crisis All well, right. it can be a very positive thing. But you, you have to have, to have the receive? crisis. No, but there, it is going to happen. Every business has something. Every airline has a plane that may crash, a passenger yeah. that may yeah. die. Okay. Everyone has something that may happen. So, you're so always it's an insurance ready. policy? It's an insurance policy, right. yeah. But your, your strategy is that you sit down and you say who do we communicate with? Uh, who do we need to communicate with? What do they need to know? How can we enhance what we're telling them to make it more interesting for them so that they get from us what they need? And how do we grow their understanding of us and what we do? Because that's really what you're trying to do. You're not trying to get them to buy from you because that's advertising. You're not trying to get them to say you're the greatest thing ever because that's propaganda. You really just want to get them to know. I like. I know those guys. I like them. I know what they stand for. I listen when they have something to say. They may not agree with it, but I listen to it. If you achieve that, that's really good PR. I think. Mm. Interesting. You know, from social media.
2: Um, from well, I was actually going to ask you. So, um, as a construction expert, you know, have you have you find that there's um, the biggest challenge in the construction industry for networking and and that type of thing? Like, what's your what are your views on it? Well,
0: as I said earlier, the. In construction we're quite earnest people, mm-hmm. we believe that if we do a good job, future work will follow mm-hmm. and that we are so competent and professional, if something goes wrong people will cut us slack because we tried our best, it was risk analysed, you know, and yeah. things happen, yeah. now, as you sh- you're shaking your head. Yeah. We know that's wrong yeah. in our heart yeah. but, but the, the mindset, and I, I'm massively generalising, is do a good job, future workflows, and we'll manage the risks associated with it. It's only when things go wrong, and there are always things that go wrong, as you rightly say, that people then start to look inward and say, what could we do differently? Mm-hmm. I think then when we look in, inwardly, we see that we don't necessarily have the skill set and therefore it's become difficult and or expensive and or, well, it won't happen again so we carry on the same way. and. I vehemently believe that it's an industry that needs to improve its whole approach to the way it projects itself, Mm. Um, partly to manage the risk, but also because I vehemently believe that we are such a force for good for society, Mm. but we're not viewed as such, and that's going to be to our detriment because we're not going to attract new and better talent in the industry to
1: keep on improving. But if if you believe that what you do, that what you're always doing is striving to be the best that you can be, okay, then when something goes wrong, and I'm automatically saying nobody will cut you slack because they won't, but your defense is that, hold on, look at what we do, we do this and this and this and this, we're constantly trying, if you can actually show a path, people will cut you, they won't cut you slack because they know you, they like you, you've been around a long time. Yeah. But if you can actually stand up what you've done, and I think one of the biggest difficulties businesses have is saying we got it wrong. Whereas right. I think people forgive. So if you say, We got this one wrong, but look at what we got, this is where we've come from. Yeah. Now you go, okay, not an out. knows they got it wrong. Yeah. But in fairness, they've been doing an awful lot. Yeah. But I think that's one of the biggest challenges, actually just putting your hand up and saying we
0: can get it right. But one. I suppose again in the industry, we're very conscious that from a an insurance point of view, that you're always told never admit to right. to your fallibility. so there is there is all you this sort of that. finance and regulation around this you that have seems to to it. You you have, have to balance it. Totally
1: at the end of the day, if somebody, the insurance people will tell you it's going to cost you an insurance. The legal people will say, "Oh my God, you get sued," and will, you know, close your business. Mm. At the end of the day, we're all humans running a business. You have to find a way. Yeah. To. There's a form of words mm. that you can agree, and this is back to your crisis planning. You agree the form of words of so what happens if something, goes somebody, yeah. God forbid, dies. Mm. How do you manage
0: to say we really are sorry? This was a good person to talk. Talking of crisis planning, yes, sir. we've run. <laughs> 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 uh, oh, we think i think if you don't mind it, then <laughs> you'll have to come back again. I, 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 I would like about. to look into it. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. our yeah. listeners yeah. would like to. So sorry to cut you off there, but I really appreciate your time there. It's been very interesting from my perspective, and it is a conversation that I'd, like, I'd like to continue. Very thank enjoyed. you, Sarah, for your That's contribution fantastic. as well. And and thank you for listening, and um, we look forward to any feedback you receive on this particular episode, mm-hmm. and certainly hope you will join us again next time. In the meantime, all the best. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Want to learn more about how Invent can help your business maximize its bottom line? head on over to www.invent.com and get in touch with our team today. Thanks for joining us this week on the Construction Big Breakfast. Make sure to visit our website, www.invent.com, where you can subscribe to the Construction Big Breakfast on all platforms so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a positive rating. Or if you'd simply share it with a friend, that would help us out too. Be sure to tune in for our next episode.